Welcome to Decapod, where every week we are talking about pop culture across different decades, and we are currently trailblazing through the 1990s. However, we are taking a little bit of a detour to review the year that was 2021. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. 2020, yes, good. Okay. And joining me, as you may have realized, <laughs> on this epic venture across 2020, I'm going to do this every time on this show, 2021 is the, the epic host, the, the mighty... Uh, it's been that long, I've forgotten what I'll call you. I'm just going to go by your name, the mighty Emma Morgan. Hi, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. How was, how was uh, your New Year, Emma? Was it all splendid and wonderful and terrific? It was terrific. Um, I actually, I think good luck beating my actual New Year's Eve because um, I was gifted Ghost Castle for Christmas. I don't know if you had that game when you were a child, Um, but that was the one where you were going around a castle and a naughty school would sometimes try and get you and it would scare you and things like that. Anyway, got the modernised version of it and played it with my son. And yeah, best New Year's Eve I've ever had. <laughs> I um, brought in the New Year by starting off my rewatch of Supernatural. Oh, okay. And oh, it's amazing. We can't. It's not twenty twenty one, so we can't talk about it. And it's not until we get to the two thousands, I think, it started. So we can't even talk about it when we're doing the nineteen nineties. But. Yes, such a good TV programme, and I'm delighted to be re-watching that. And that is how I, I saw in 2022 with two of the most attractive men alive in Jensen Ackles and Jared Padalecki. Ah. I, well, we both had spooky starts anyway. But carry on the horror motif. Oh, great. <laughs> Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we, we're reviewing 2021 and we're reviewing it uh, as a, a little special episode, but also because we might not make it to the 2020s in <laughs> this podcast because we've got another eight years to go. So <laughs> and if this podcast will go in eight years, I'll be mightily impressed. So, um, so yeah, how was 2021 overall for you, both sort of on a personal level and on a pop culture level and for anyone that isn't watching you should get my hand gestures here there's all stuff going on um so i might be a bit unpopular when i say this but i had a really good year in 2021 you like nodded even before i finished that said just that i might be unpopular lovely lovely um but yeah i genuinely had a good 2021 i'd kind of made i made a pledge um, at the start of it, that was going to focus on some stuff, and I focused on that shit, and I got some shit done. Um, and yeah, I I had a good year, and I think I was a little bit worried when you kind of said, "Let's do 2021 in review from a pop culture thing," because because I was focusing so much on getting shit done, I wasn't actually focusing, and I thought on the pop culture um but I was a little bit more than I thought I was so I've actually got something to talk about and I have written it down on a piece of paper now how was your 2021 similar I had a really really good and productive 21 possibly the most draining year of my life physically mentally emotionally spiritually cordially all of the Liz um ridiculously draining year but I uh achieved a massive amount including the behemoth that is decapod <laughs> i thought when you were saying like draining i was thinking you, you're gonna end the zone and that was just decapod <laughs> no i sent you your one nice message of the year on new year's eve on new year's day whenever it was that's your annual message that you're receiving it, now. 
which I was in a really bad mood that day, so didn't reciprocate. Yeah, yeah, I did notice. Um, so yeah, great start to 2022 for Decapod. <laughs> Genuinely, really heartfelt message thanking you. And I think the response I got was like, thanks, or something like that. Oh. I think it was like, I think I was suspicious. And then you were like, that is like my one nice message of the year. And I was like, well, I don't even send one. <laughs> and you're right, you don't send one. Um, so, yeah, that, that was 2020. 20, 20, it, oh, like 2021, right, that's what year we're in. That's, yeah. We're going to struggle. I apologise, people. <laughs> it's it's going to be hard for me to remember what year we're in. But um, overall... We, we've been sort of in the middle of the 1990s at the minute. That's what we're covering overall. How different is pop culture now compared to pop culture in the 1990s? So I think, I mean, for the being spoiler alert, musically, I've got no idea. And that's going to become apparent when we cover the music quite, you know, in a, in a few minutes. That's fine. Um but I think TV is like moved on the most dramatically. This is the kind of self-awareness and things like that. And who knew in 1990 just how big reality or reality um, in adverted commons TV is going to be like once we get to sort of this period of time. And I think nothing to be scared of in the film category either. So I think we're in a good place. I think it has progressed in the right direction but yeah like i say music no idea uh, i would agree i think the other thing I, I noticed and it was only really taking a step back and comparing the two is how much more of it there is mm. it's like all right films have gone up quite a bit and music but when you look at the amount of options you've got not only with all the channels that are on all the sky and BT and other service providers are available, but all the streaming platforms as well. It's just like you've got this absolute wealth of stuff. And I think part of the problem we may have, you know, when we get on to, I suppose, the 2010s, and, you know, maybe we will cover the 2020s properly one day. Um, but when we get on to that, is there's that much being put out that there's so much of it is just utter tripe. And it, mm. I think it's digging out the gems um, and I think that I've started this year to watch so much that I just gave up on after one episode. Not just this year, but recently, I just gave up after after one episode because it's like, no, it's just nonsense. But there's so much quality as well. And, that's, um, and like I said, I think stuff's gone in a different way. Last year around reality TV, but I don't know, I love the the, the special effects and the, the stuff they can do now compared to what they could do in the past, I think is, is brilliant, as uh, I'm sure we'll cover more of as we go through the decades. But yeah, um, all right, so shall we, is there anything you want to dive into first or shall we jump into reviewing the specifics of the year? I would like to get music gone. Okay, so Emma, <laughs> will this be the same level of quantity and enthusiasm that was 1995? Not really, no. Um, so when we sort of talked about it, you very gently went, because I was having a bit, I did have a bit of a dip in December mood-wise, so you quite gently <laughs> said, maybe, maybe if you get enough time, don't worry if you don't get enough time, maybe you could just go back and look at a few of the songs or listen to a bit of the music. <laughs> 
and you was very kind of like like this and again you need to get on patreon if we put this video because <laughs> it was very much like <laughs> like scared stuff could be thrown through cameras and um i didn't take up the assignments <laughs> but i have been quite creative about sort of because obviously what spotify does is it gives you your 2021 so that's what i've brought for the episode is that kind of look back on 2021 and the thing that's really amused me is there's all this all this new music out there and all this new stuff and i could have just chosen one artist to get into like that procrastination thing is uh, towards the end of last year probably when i could have been doing a bit of research for this i decided to get more into t-rex <laughs> Um, well, you know, let's kick off 2022 in style. I don't know how to respond to that. It's T-Rex, rock on. But they, oh my goodness, though, so good. Like, and then, and I must have listened to their stuff so much because it, some of their stuff made it into my, um, my best of 2021, but other highlights that came out that really made me smile. So, um. I think I've referenced like before, like Kate Bush, massive fan. So this woman's work that that's in my playlist. That's really important to me because it's like my sort of divorce song. Um, but the other thing, and this will bring you into this, because as we've mentioned before, we met because you were a guest on my previous podcast. And what everybody got to do when they came on my podcast was choose a song. So I made a playlist of that music for every song on that and I listen to that playlist all the time because it reminds me of something that I did that I was just like punch uh, you know fist in the air kind of like yeah I did that I did that and that playlist is my reminder so every single song that got chosen that's in like my top 2021 um obviously you've I think yours was proclaimed my favorite because it was reached by S Club 7 so we've kind of got that range and then the other one that I noted down to mention today was On a Mission which is an amazing song and I play that all the time to really motivate myself and uh, what else I've got Why Worry by Dire Straits which is kind of that I really like that and they're like a massive part they're, you know so current still so current um I've got I'm Alive written down <laughs> which is by ELO. <laughs> but that one's really important to me because that connects to a book I read. We're not going to talk about books yet, so we'll revisit that. And then uh, Ain't No Doubt, it was there. <laughs> top, top, top of all the of this. Um, so that was kind of my 2021. Honourable mention, though, to some genuine 2021 hits. Um, Go Easy On Me by Adele, um, Watermelon Sugar, and one that's got the line, um, I was far too scared to hit him, but I would hit him in a heartbeat now. I only know them because they're on TikTok <laughs> and they've been trending um, welcome, welcome to our review of 2021. <laughs> um, what, what I will say, actually, is if anyone wants to hear the one and only time Emma's actually sounded positive about me go back and check that crazy x podcast episode because you have never heard anything like the point where i say reach because it sounds like emma's reaching a certain something at that point it's genuine like audio pleasure um yeah crazy x podcast find me on it and listen to that 
Um, but there you go. I'll put a link in show notes. Uh, my my music. Uh, there's certain elements of. There's a couple of current things in my uh, my kind of in my 2021 music. However, much like you, my 2021 was spent listening to 90s music. <laughs> So, like, literally, all of my stuff from the 2021 playlist was 1990s. I'm going back and revisit the 90s. Um, that and Lady Gaga, who featured heavily upon my list. I'm a, a very much a closet Lady Gaga fan. Um, yeah, so they were my kind of main ones. The other thing that amused me was... Um, when I, I was thinking of songs, I'm thinking that must be from this year. They're looking at it from like 2012. Like <laughs> that would be the problem I would have. I mean, I'm sketchy on watermelon sugar, whether that's even from 2021, if I'm honest. Well, I just think I've missed the last decade for music. <laughs> I think I must have stopped listening to music in 20, uh, 2009 or something like that. <laughs> Um, but I did. There are a couple of albums that I'm going to mention uh, that I have listened to this year, and the first two uh, are a, a hark back to the '90s because Sharon Core released an album in in 2021, which I used to fall asleep to sometimes because it's really well. Just, they have that effect. Yeah. No, <laughs> I can't normally sleep when I'm thinking of the cause. But um, welcome to Decapod. Um, but yes, so uh, Sharon Core was a lovely. It's like a peaceful, relaxing, melodic, is that a word, album. Uh, nothing, you know, it wasn't popular. <laughs> but it was, oh, crap, I'm not getting the cars on now, am I? Um, but either way, that was a good one. Also, you know, and another heart back to 1990s, Natalie Umbrulia released an album. Oh, um, is it good? I, it was all right. It was good. I've listened to it at least once. Um <laughs> So that was an album from 2021 that I listened to. Uh, another album that came out in 2021 that was the re-released or reproduced or re-something, uh, Red by Taylor Swift. Oh, uh, no, not a Swifty. Uh, I, I like a bit of Taylor Swift. And uh, and she re-recorded like, the Taylor version. It was called the Taylor <gasps> Swift version. Ah, oh, right. Yeah, because was there's some big, again, no, this from TikTok. It's a big thing, isn't it, about a song lyric and it being about um, Jake Gyllenhaal? I'm not sure. I think the big idea behind it, from what I can gather, is that when she did the first album, she told the record company that if the rights for that music ever or the album come available, she wants to buy it, and then they sold it to someone else. So she's right, well, fuck it, I'll do my own then. And she did a, another version, which I think is quite cool. But I do like it. I do like a bit of Taylor Swift. Um you know, as you know, very much a pop fan. But the the album that I've listened to the most from 2021 is one that is actually fairly recent, I think. And it's the, the soundtrack from the film Tick, Tick, Boom. That's a very blank face there. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's the, what? What were those words? There was Tick, Tick, Boom. Not the fucking um, Will Smith song from the 90s. <laughs> Oh. That, so it that was me repressing my urge to to do that. Right. Okay. I think I found the repressed version more disturbing. <laughs> I thought you'd frozen. Um, but no, there's a we'll come on to this during the films, but the, the soundtrack from the film, Tick Tick Boom, is phenomenal. And um, even if you haven't seen the film, check out the soundtrack. That would be my one musical recommendation from uh, from 2021, uh, the soundtrack from the film Tick, Tick, Boom. Most of it is sung by Andrew Garfield, 
uh, sings it himself, and it's, it's just absolutely... And now I'm puzzled by that expression. <laughs> Spider-Man? Yes, Spider-Man um, Andrew Garfield, who was in the amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2. Definitely not the most recent he, Spider-Man film. I couldn't give a toss about the most regular one. Um, sorry. Uh, oh, that'll lose his distance, won't it? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> all I meant was that was that him... Him legitimately singing. He doesn't yes. look like a singer. Okay. Well, I, I believe it was. He's, he sounds like him singing. Um, mm-hmm. It's very, if it's not, it's very, very good to sort of acting singing. Uh, but yeah, if you haven't checked out the, the soundtrack, I mean, we'll come on to the film shortly and I'm going to recommend that. But if you haven't checked out the uh, soundtrack for Tick, Tick, Boom, I mightily recommend that. It's mighty fun. If you like sort of musical sort of music, um, then um, then yes, I had so much fun with that. Um, and I suppose the only other song I'm going to recommend, actually a single song, and it is, uh, the, the there was a TV show, which we'll come on to shortly, uh, called, uh, oh crap, what was it called? It was called Hawkeye, uh, the TV show Hawkeye. And in that film, there was like a, um, a theatre version of The Avengers. And there's a song at the end of it, which actually released as um, uh, as a, a single. And you can find that on Spotify. And I think it's called Steve Rogers, the musical or something like that. And it's just a mighty fun song in itself. So there you go. I'm recommending musicals for you right now. Nice. I um, Everyone check out T-Rex. I'm expecting big things from those guys. <laughs> T-Rex, Natalie Imbruglia and Sharon Carr. That's our, our modern recommendations. Oh, right, where are we go to next? Well, that's music. Covered. <laughs> it only takes about 35 minutes. That's taking us about seven. Um, <laughs> all right, so um, well, I'll tell you what, before we dive into the TV, because that's usually where we'd go, and I think that uh, I think this is actually going to be interesting against TV because we, we often speak a lot about the TV when we're covering the 90s and about how sometimes you struggle to get 10 together and often we ones on because they're shit rather than because they're good. I think that what we're going to see more and more of as we go forward is there's a lot of quality TV coming out. So as much as I was saying before, there's a lot of tripe, I think there's a lot of quality as well. But before we come into TV, shall we touch into one of the things you recommended? So you suggested we do a little bit speaking about podcasts, a little bit about books. Do you want to hit one of those first? Yeah, sure. Should we do? Oh, <laughs> which do you want to do first? I mean, I literally just gave you the choice. <laughs> oh, we're in. We're doing music. Oh no, I was going to say we're in music. Let's do podcasts because they're more auditory. But so will our books be. <laughs> that was a wink a wink for anyone listening welcome to Decapod do you do podcasts I've only got well, a few yeah so have I because um, I realised that uh, I've not listened to many new podcasts this year the podcasts that I've kind of been ongoing so I've dipped into a couple then come back out But so I've only got a couple to recommend so do you want me to knock my couple out first oh god <laughs> That's yes, what she, please. That's what he said. Uh, all right. The 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 three that I'm going to mention um, from this year, not this year, from 2021, are the Jeff Jarrett podcast, which is a wrestling podcast called My World. Now, for anyone that knows wrestling, that is coming under the Conrad Thompson umbrella of wrestling podcasts, along the likes of Eric Bischoff and Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross and those kind of guys. And... 
Um, so obviously, if you have no interest in wrestling, you will have no interest in this podcast. So definitely one for you, Emma. Um, <laughs> it is absolutely wonderful. And it's wonderful because everyone, almost literally everyone, has said the same thing. Because prior to this podcast coming out, no one liked Jeff Jarrett. No one liked him as a wrestler, as a character, and they had all these horrible stories about him as a person. So no one particularly liked him as a person. He has changed everyone's mind that listens to him. We now like him as a wrestler. We now like him as a promoter, and we like him as a person. We love him as a person. It's an absolute pleasure. If you have any interest in wrestling, in particular nostalgic wrestling, check out the Jeff Jarrett uh, podcast called My World with Conrad Thompson and Jeff Jarrett. And while you're at it, do you know what? I should be promoting our Patreon, but whatever. Go and sign up to Conrad Thompson's Patreon. It's called Ad Free Shows. There's so much content over there. That guy is my podcast idol, right, by the way. But either way, he, um, yeah, I couldn't, if you have any interest in wrestling, check out Jeff Jarrett. The other ones I'm going to mention, slightly different. So the John Burko podcast, um, the, the former speaker <laughs> of the House of Lords, he uh, released, I forget what it's called now, but it's his it podcast. It is about wrestling. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, it's it's brilliant. I've only, I think there's four or five episodes and I've listened to the first three or four. And um, it's brilliant because he doesn't mint his words and he's literally just talking about his role, what he did, and talking about some of the people he's worked with. And it's, it's a fascinating insight he's got um a group of people that are quite attracted to him i can see that i could i could see that 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 authority yeah um and he's the sort of person that if he started talking you'd listen well yeah we're mainly because he normally goes oh (laughs) that doesn't give you much choice i um Oh, I'm like, oh, here we go. Political reference. It was brilliant. I forget the, the speaker's name, the current speaker's name. I've completely forgotten it now. But it was brilliant the other day when Boris Johnson went to walk out. When he, sit down, Prime Minister, sit down. I'm like, yes, the child has been scolded. That's awesome. But yeah, um, if you've got any interest in politics or just want to listen to something fun, and, you know, you know, I'm sure he'd you know, someone with a bit of a sexy voice for some people, I'm sure. Go and check out the John Perko podcast. I should have wrote the proper name down for it, but I didn't, so deal with it. And then the last one I'm going to mention is the uh, Scream podcast, um, which is basically covering all the Scream films, a little bit more, up to the new Scream being released, which as we recording this, I believe is two weeks away. But it's an awesome podcast, and uh, it's the guys that does the evolution of horror, which, as everyone knows, is potentially my favourite podcast, or one of my favourite podcasts of all time. And it's a real in-depth review of Scream and I think the latest episode, which I haven't listened to yet has the likes of Courtney Cox on there and um, oh, the the other stars, there's three or four of them on there, so uh, yeah, they will be my my big three that I've listened to this year, uh, new that I've listened to consistently and you can see there's a nice variety there, so take your pick and go and listen to them. Oh, in fact I'm going to mention two other podcasts from 2021 uh, one of which is called the 5 Minute Theory Podcast. Now uh, that is a podcast that's aimed to help people learn the theory test. It's run by an incredibly handsome man. Go check out the 5-Minute Theory podcast if you want to help with your theory. And then there's one called The Instructor as well, which is phenomenal in itself, run by an, another incredibly handsome man. That's aimed at driving instructors, by the way. But they're my podcast of the year. 
I would go on to um, the Instructure podcast. Check out, there's some woman called Little Miss Agile. I hear that that episode was particularly um, popular with people, just, just, just so I hear. I don't know. And check it out. Um, right, so my podcast, I always feel a bit embarrassed because you're so good. You listen to a lot of indie podcasts and things like that. And I just unashamedly listen to some really big comedians and stuff. So um, unfortunately, I mean, people will probably almost be able to play Emma Bingo because every time we mention the podcast, they probably mention Adam Buxton. But if you only listen to one episode, listen to the Christmas specials because he always gets his old comedy partner, Joe Cornish, back and they release it on Christmas Day. Totally stealing our idea, I reckon. Um, but they release that on Christmas Day and it's always amazing. And this year's was, or last year's was no exception to that. Um, yeah, so definitely check that one out. Um, and similarly, right, so I, I also listen to Off Menu. And that's one that I listen to. And that's one I check on a Wednesday to see who's on because I get so excited to sort of listen to it. And that is James Acaster and Ed Gamble. And basically, such a cool concept for a podcast. You go on and basically just describe whatever your dream meal would be. And you're in the magic restaurant where they can get it. So even if it's like the roast dinner my mum cooks, they can provide it for you at that restaurant. But there was a car crash episode and it's when Dan Aykroyd goes on. And I thought, oh, I'll mention the Dan Aykroyd episode because you might have a Dan Aykroyd-related film that you could talk about. So it kind of related to 2021 there. But he was on it in 2021. So, yeah, off-menu as well. And um, I don't want to, like, dwell on this uh, particularly, but obviously, like we've mentioned, like, I have been on dating apps and stuff like that. And one of the only good things that came out of being on the dating apps is one guy who I was chatting to told me that Jarvis Cocker has a new show and podcast out and he has it's called Wireless Nights and it's sexy goodness (laughs) so it's like you know in unrelated news I've come off the dating apps now (laughs) because I've discovered this new podcast with Jarvis Um, it'd be going ages as well I felt terrible Um, it's Radio 4 yeah it's just basically him choosing a a quirky topic and then going out and being all breathy and it's uh it's really good really really good sounds more like Craig Charles so I'm sorry um Jarvis and I had noted down your podcast as well to mention but you already did it were you gonna say run by a handsome man no I was gonna say Mm. check out little miss agile (laughs) (laughs) um I want to touch back on a couple of things there Uh, you mentioned the dating app said that there was only one good thing to come out of it we got loads of content out of your dating (laughs) that was like a feature of the show well, there's still there's still stuff in the archives. That's yeah. what she said. <laughs> and um, and yeah, it's interesting actually because I've not thought of what you'd said previously, but but you were the the indie music girl, and I'm the indie podcast blog. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was podcasts. I think I need to find some new ones, as in um, ones that start this year and yeah. kick off this year and, and support some some podcasts because we know from personal experience how how tough it can be to get podcasts off the ground so not just this one if you're listening but if you do listen to any podcast <coughs> particularly this one um make sure you go and share it and give them some love on all the socials not again not plugging for this one these guys indie podcasters need some love give indie podcasters love at the minute yeah but also you can now do um give star reviews on spotify so if you've got us on spotify could you do that please because um, it makes our hearts sing 
Um, <laughs> there's almost like a sadness in your eyes as you were saying that. It's just um, the meds are kicking in, don't worry. Okay, cool. Uh, all right, anything else on podcasts? No. Shall we? I actually, it's interesting, isn't it? You know that now we've got this whole new pop culture thing to talk about. So you know, when we get into 2020s, we can include podcasts with the TV mm. section. So, anyway, um, TV. Then, do you want to go first with TV, or would you like me to? I don't know. We might have to jump between each other. I reckon because I have so much stuff. I've had to put stuff into categories. <laughs> Oh, I'll tell you what I do. I've got one thing that you will think is absolute dross. So shall I just mention that now? Um, and we'll get that out of the way. Go for it. Because I was as surprised as anybody when I got into this show, and that was uh, Married at First Sight. <laughs> well, well, I can't say it's dross because I've never seen it, but, you know, it's very likely dross. Um it's just well, it used to be. It's, it, what happened with it is what tends to happen with a lot of these things. When they it'd been running on Channel Four for a few years, and it was just like this genuine show. What it does on the tin, married at first sight, but it felt like I don't know if you ever used to watch Wife Swap, but when they first did Wife Swap, very much about social interactions and that kind of thing, and really thinking about it, and then it just goes for the big drama and that's what happened married at first sight it used to be like a lovely thing and he's just genuinely see could it be done but then like it went to australia now now the format's like and everybody's just like has i don't know just like aspirations to be on tv like any like any kind of like melden made in chelsea and stuff like that um but i couldn't do this episode without mentioning it because i did get hooked into it me and my friend would like watch it and be texting each other while it was on um and that kind of thing and it and it did like it did sort of have like quite a dramatic conclusion um i just have to call out morag who was on the show who said one of the most repulsive lines i think i've ever heard someone say about another person so she's on her wedding day and i'm all i'm gonna say now as well the guy that she was uh, marrying he was welsh he was a fireman and his day job he looked after a children's charity and he was a good looking guy right he was right he was one of those kind of cute good looking guys right but you knew you know like in the same way like when Clark Kent takes his glasses off that kind of like not obviously buff because he doesn't quite know but you know he is buff <laughs> I feel like you've got a slight tangent about how good looking <laughs> this man is I know if you're listening Luke right uh, so, yeah so and it, all I'm trying to do I'm just trying to set the scene that this guy he wasn't like he wasn't like put a bag over your head. He was like he was nice. She, the get married, and she's doing all this this kind of like, oh no, and then like they do like this little side interview thing, and then she goes, oh, I'm not being funny. Well, I didn't exactly get what I ordered. And you're like get what you ordered. Wow. And there was a lot. She was very problematic. Um, she changed what he wore would be different and I despised her you're supposed to you need a villain of the piece I get it but all all I used to scream at the tv is like what if a man said that to a woman what if a man said that to a woman you can't and it was just it was just really kind of gripping kind of tv from that perspective but yeah absolute dross and trash 
but it gripped me for three weeks of my life and I'm happy for it. I um never been a particularly big fan of reality TV. I liked I watched the first and possibly the second series of Big Brother. Um I think I watched the first I'm a celebrity get me out of here. I watched quite a few of the X Factors and that because I quite liked seeing some of the drama. Um but no, other than that, I don't think I've watched any. I watched once an episode of that program where they had to touch a van. <laughs> and where you got to hold a van so you can t- hold the van the longest. And I think then you I get like, to win it. Yeah, I thought it would be interesting, but no, it's just people holding a van, just with a hand on a van. Awake. Yeah, and that's not the most riveting of TV, but apparently it was quite popular. But no, other than that, I've... Um, I've not seen much much reality TV, so I can't comment. But the reason I haven't seen it is because generally I don't like it. I think it it shows the worst in people a lot of times and not always the best. And I, I would imagine it's often edited that way because the worst is more sellable than the best, Yeah, um, which is a bit sad. But either way, um, yeah, so I can't really comment on that other than that. I'm sure you're right. It probably was, Joss. Yeah, that's, it's out the way now. Um, so yeah, we'll go on to like a couple of your choices if you like. Well, I can probably bunch a few of mine together. Actually, I'm going to group a few of them together because uh, the the big sort of the big wins for my TV this year were the the Marvel releases on uh-huh. um, on Disney, which started off with WandaVision, went on to um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, then we had Loki. Then we had What If, and then we had um, Hawkeye. So, have you watched any of those, Emma? I have not. Right. Okay. Let me let me talk about these for a moment because it, in many instances, was like watching a film. And I think that one of the best things about this, and this is one of the best things to come from Disney, and Netflix do it a little bit, but not enough, in my opinion. But Disney have done it really well. Is that they've realised that because it's their own platform and they don't have to like kids for adverts and schedules, not every episode has to be a certain length. Mm. So you'll have one that's 29 minutes and one that's 52 minutes. And I think that is absolutely brilliant because not every episode would be that length in real life. You know, chapters in books are different size. Mm. So that was, that was really, really good. But the, the first one of these that came out was WandaVision. And at the time, it was one of the greatest TV shows I've ever seen. It was mind-blowing. It's like, what the fuck is going on here? This is genius, but I don't know why. It was very much that. And what I will say is that throughout this, the rest of this episode, I'm going to do my absolute best to refrain from spoilers on anything. They will, you know, I will edit spoilers out if necessary. But um, yes, it was an absolute piece of TV genius. You know, it started off. I think like going back as if for a, a 50s sitcom and then worked their way through it. And the next week was a 60s sitcom and then a 70s, you know, it was run through like that. And it was absolutely uh, splendid. And um, they throw so many kind of curveballs in there with, I forget the actor's name, but the actor that was next men came into it. And then we think it's going to be a certain person. It turns out it might not be that person. And then we had um, uh, Catherine Hahn turned up who was just like, wow, eh? why do I not remember this person? I've seen her in loads of stuff, but she's phenomenal. B, she's made my list ridiculously attractive. <laughs> just like, that's a late runner, is that? That's just like, blow my top 10 wide open. And yeah, just just like this phenomenal piece of, of film TV. 
Uh, followed by Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which was shit. Um, oh. It was... Now, there's. I think there's a story behind this. It's not been released, but the, the rumours, the rumblings, the goings on behind the scenes, because obviously I've got contacts. Yeah, I've got contacts in Marvel. And the rumours are that the, the, the filming of that was massively hampered by COVID. Because mm. um, I think it was filmed in 2020 and then put out in 2021. So it was massively hampered by COVID. And, um, yeah, so it, it was disjointed. It, maybe it wasn't shit. Maybe that's a bit extreme. But I think in comparison to the other ones, it was it was quite a, a, a low bow, which is a shame because it tuckled, tuckled, tackled. I think tuckled. I wish it had tuckled. I think that's a combination of touched and tackled. Tuckled. I'm stealing it because I want to go tuckle with someone. <laughs> that sounds lovely. We're, uh, I've created a new word there. <laughs> I'm going to, let's keep using it and it'll get in the dictionary. Tuckled. Write it down. Tuckled. So yeah, uh, we've tuckled. Oh no, it tuckled some uh, some difficult subjects, in particular race subject. Now, Captain America was white, and then now Captain America's black, and how that was dealt with. And it was just that was actually pretty good. But I think that the, the padding around that and some of the characters not great. Then we had Loki, which then became the greatest TV show of the year. Um, it's, it's different to WandaVision. WandaVision was like, here, get your head around all this. Loki was equally crazy, but equally crazy, but hard to understand with so many Easter eggs and all the variants of Loki, including Richard E. Grant and a crocodile, oh. which is just brilliant. Um, but yes, again, I'm, I'm trying to tread carefully with spoilers here because I appreciate we're talking about recent events, not stuff from 30 years ago. Uh, like the 90s, which, how is that 30 years ago? Still can't get my head around this. Either way. Um, so, yeah, so that was followed by Loki, which, and just how good is Tom Hiddleston? He's on my list. Um, I like him. Whatever, let's move on swiftly. We'll find something wrong about him one day. I, I would tuckle Tom Hiddleston. He's all yours. Tuckle yeah. away. Uh, then we had What If, um, which is Basically, and, and it made, sorry, I'm laughing now because I've just thought you mentioned before about uh, having a drinking game, like, uh, you know, for when you say whatever you say. I'm like, I hope they don't do one for when I say, um. <laughs> That's why people only get out of the podcast because they're unconscious. I would, <laughs> I would definitely put on the board for yours, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> that's, that's me when I'm like, this isn't worth the argument. Let's, I don't think I can face this now. Um, but yeah, it, it was an animated uh, series of what if. So what if this happened? Uh, you know, and, and uh, it's just interesting. And initially, I'm not a big fan of what if. So do it in the comics quite a lot. What if this happened instead of your life? And I'm like, yeah, but it didn't. It didn't mm-hmm. happen. So what's point? But the way they dealt with it is is that they brought in the multiverse, and it's like, ah, oh, yeah. So actually, no, I like this. It, it makes sense. It all actually ties into a really good coherent story. And I watched it, and I like it. And anyone listening, I'm going to say one thing and one thing only. It's now canon. That's all I'm saying on that. But then we finished up on that with um, Hawkeye, which I kind of mentioned before. Now, Hawkeye isn't as good a program, uh, it's got a good a TV show as the uh, WandaVision or uh, Loki. However, it has one of the greatest episodes of TV of all time. And I would recommend anyone, even if you're not going to watch a series, go and watch the final episode of 
of uh, Hawkeye. It is one of the greatest pieces of TV. It's set at Christmas, so we can talk about it when we cover the 2020s and we do a Christmas special. Oh, uh, by the way, our Christmas special went down well, and we did some good numbers on that, so thank you guys for listening. I hope we entertain your Christmas Day because there were a lot of people listening on Christmas Day. So Yeah, yeah, uh, you little ho-ho-hos. Yes, can't get enough of us. That's we, we were people's Christmas present. That's what we were. Yeah. I don't know a wink. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, set at Christmas, and it's just an absolutely tremendous cast. It was jam-packed of action. It had surprises in it. It had some of the most, some of the best comedy and best. Ian, you know my feelings on comedy, but some of the best comedy and some of the best acted comedy I have seen in a long time. Seriously, if you've got Disney Plus. Just go and watch the last episode of Hawkeye. It's just fun. And um, Florence Pugh, whose name I've just forgotten, I had to look down. Uh, Florence Pugh, amazing. Absolutely adore that actor. She's absolutely phenomenal and took what was a really good TV show and made it even better with her appearances in it. Uh, I'm just going to maybe a slight spoiler with that, but, you know, she comes in pretty early. And everyone knows about it anyway. So, you know, a little spoiler, whatever. Um, but absolutely phenomenal ending to a TV show that was really good. And that was kind of the Marvel entry. So I've kind of lumped all them together. But I had so much fun with Marvel on Disney Plus this year. That That's probably, probably my TV highlight of the year. That TV collection. Highlight of the year. Yeah. That's good. I'm happy for it. Thank you so much for not making me watch it as well. It would have been <laughs> in a mood. That's what I'm here for. I can provide <laughs> you with the details. Yeah. Um, so I can go on to either comedy or crime. <laughs> I have no comedy. I've got four left on my list. I've got no comedy and one crime. Oh. So do your crime and let's see if it's similar. I don't know. If it's, maybe it's crime. I don't know. Uh, we'll see if it's uh, if mine's in there. Okay. So um, one of the reasons I ever got into listening to podcasts was the podcast serial. And that took me down a rabbit hole of like a true crime fascination. And I have a, my best friend. She's like a dealer. She'll go um, Netflix. Go check that. Go check that, and I and I always do. So she kind of all of these like recommended to me. So there was um, American Murder, Family Next Door, um, which was. I'm not going to go into too much detail with them, just because this isn't everybody's cup of tea. And there was also Sophie Murder in West Cork, and I had to watch that because I listened to the podcast, and that's a bit closer to home. And there was Elisa Matsunga, Once Upon a Crime, which again was about um, whether or not she committed a murder. And there was Night Stalker, Hunt for a Serial Killer. Uh, Night Stalker is the only one I've ever watched where I was genuinely scared when I went to bed, just because of like the, even though it happened, I think it happened like 20, no, probably, probably like 40 years ago. I just had to learn go, how old are we? Oh, 40. Um, it happened so long ago. And spoiler alert, because everybody, like, he gets caught, but it was chilling. 
it was absolutely chilling to watch and it was one of those I'm like I'm a woman living on my own I don't think I should be watching stuff and I actually had to sort of step away so like they were my true crime watches and I am deliberately not going to go into detail about them because like I said they're not nice and not pleasant but if you like true crime they're all very good documentaries about some quite high profile crime cases um I don't watch true crime I think I'm I think when the thing for me when I watch TV I have to be wrapped up in it otherwise I just get distracted and start reading or you know dancing or something but so but then true crime generally doesn't do it for me that tends to be a listen rather than a watch so no none of them were on my list but yeah Good true night stop was that the bloke that tied up the, 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 oh god you said you want me to mention this but i mean tied up the husband and then did these things to the wife no he did lots of different so he basically went on a rampage i think through los angeles basically right. but there might have been one but um it, it targeted women um and yeah okay Okay, do your one crime. Well, now you've said crime, I realise what you meant, and it's not mine wasn't true crime. It was a show about, you know, fictional crime. I reckon crime I thing. probably got it as well. Oh, what do you think? Line you think? of Duty. No. Oh. <laughs> I, I never watched it. Um, the 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 only sort of a crime-ish one I watched this year was Dexter, which came out at the end of the year. I really... I do need to watch it, but I'm still really pissed off at Dexter for the way it ended. So I haven't forgiven it enough to go and watch the new one. I haven't watched it all yet. I think I don't think the last episode's come out as we record this. I think there's either one or two more. Um, so I can't give you the full yes, it's awesome, or, or no, it's not. I don't think it it doesn't quite reach the heights of sort of the first few seasons, but it does make up for the last season. Oh, okay. I think that if you've watched the last season of Dexter, you need to watch this season of Dexter to recover. Um, the the actors in it are brilliant. The performances, I think, are brilliant. I like the story in it. I do. I'm not gonna. I'm being really, really delicate with um, with uh, spoilers here. I like the um, the story of it. I like the way it's played out. I don't know how it's finished yet. There's some bits I'm not so keen on. Um, and I'm again being particular careful because it's still running so mm. don't want to spoil anything but there's some bits that I'm not so keen on but I think yes definitely worth a watch if you enjoyed any of the early stuff but in particular if you watch the end of the original sort of run yeah. because that you know I'm with you was possibly possibly the worst ending to a TV show ever yep and so yeah that was my kind of crime one uh, oh, okay as for Line of Duty, and I have a I have a slight issue with um British or uh kind of crime stuff, apart from the bill. You know, I love the bill. I used to love the bill. I think it's uh, stuff like that. I prefer American stuff, and not because I prefer the American, but because it's when it's English, it's like on my doorstep. It kind of it's like I don't want to know what's on my doorstep. I, I want and I know it's fictional, but it's like I need something away. You know, something in a different country that I don't have to worry about. Yeah, I get that. Um, I get that with the true crime stuff. So the the one that I watched, which was the one which was about the murder in West Court, that gave me the jitters because it was literally just across a teeny tiny sea. Um, so I tend to watch more American stuff. But yeah, Line of Duty, I really like. But I like it because I really like Martin Compton. Um because he does his ID Cockney accent and I if there's any Cockneys watching that have got a voice like Martin Compton and a face and a body like him could you just DM 
could you just slide into my DMs or could you slide into Terry DMs so he can vet you first and then pass you over to me? Because, yeah, this is all I've got now, Terry. I'm just going to have to keep putting pleas out on this podcast for men to contact well, me. I hate to break it, but about nine episodes ago, I did put it out there and ask people to write in. Uh, I've had no letters so far. So. Oh, it's just exactly like it was on the <laughs> dating apps then, Baron. Um, I, I, do you really like me to do my one line of Cockney? I can do one line of Cockney. You like me to oh, do it? Yeah, because okay. it's rubbish. It probably is. I've not done it for a while, so hold on. You ready? Shut it, you slag. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Mm. It's fine. Don't think Martin Compton's um, quaking in his Scottish boots. <laughs> um, but yes. Oh, I... <laughs> Um, well I won't say too much about line of duty because again there was a big thing that we found out at the end of that so I'm not gonna I won't go into it and you've not seen it so it doesn't really matter Um, right comedies did you say I, you've got zero comedy? I've got zero com- comedy. I should I should have said this at the start. I realised I haven't watched that much TV this year. I watch, I think the TV, I watched a lot of it was reruns of the 90s stuff covering for the podcast, <laughs> but I haven't watched a lot of TV this year. But uh, So what have you got comedy-wise? So in terms of comedy, um, I've got Grace and... I've got news, the new seasons of some things came out. So Grace and Frankie, uh, which is one of my all-time not all-time favourite shows because it's not been going that long, but um, it's got Jane Fonda in who I think is amazing. So premise of that is um, two women, their husbands confess to them that they're actually in love and the husbands leave them and then they live together um, and then they kind of form this like bond and it, it's just great. It's a really good cast, really good storyline. So that came back. So that's one of those where even though I'll go, I don't watch TV, which I don't really watch that much TV anymore. There's a couple of shows like, I have to watch that as soon as it comes out. Another one is Working Mums, which is possibly one of the best comedies I've ever seen. And obviously it's really relatable um, to me, even though they're all in America. Uh, But I absolutely love that. But um, Link for You, the main woman in it, her dad, like in real life, her dad um, was, I think, either the director or producer of Ghostbusters. Um, and you can, uh, somebody, Reitman, Ivor Reitman. Yeah. So it's his daughter. And you can really see a likeness when you kind of know that. So that's just like, so, but that, that's like what I would call riotous fun. Um, but it's kind of doing for working, for, for mums, what bridesmaids did for bridesmaids it's it's real that's why i like it and i know that sounds like a stupid thing to say but it's just what it is exactly what it is like trying to go back to work what kids are like and trying to bring them up and stuff like that so i absolutely love that um what's the other one that i had got so another one that i've got is called atypical and that is more comedy drama and that is um about um, a kid who's got autism and how he kind of gets through school and things like that and then there's all like dramery type stuff happening around him and it's equal levels drama equal levels comedy and fucking love that show that's also really good and then the other comedy that I wanted to mention um, was only murders in the building which kind of like links up so much of this show so only murders in the building was um Steve Martin and Martin Short 
and it was a TV series. Um, I forget which of the streaming services got it, um, but basically it's about a murder happens in the building. Steve Martin has been like a famous voiceover. Martin Short has been like a famous director in their time, but they're both kind of past their prime. And they decide when this murder happens in their building to do a podcast. And they do a crime podcast about it. And it's so good. But it's also got murder mystery element to it. So a who done it because you don't know who's done it. So you're working along with that. And what I really love about it is it really brings Steve Martin and Martin Short back to where they should be, which is comedy genius, because I think they lost their way a little bit in films. And it's just, I think it gets a solid 10 out of 10. I think it's got a perfect score on like IMDb and stuff like that. And it is really funny. And there's season two coming. So I'm excited for that as well. So that was my other one. What's that on? I can't remember what streaming service it was. Um, I will find that out um because that sounds quite good actually it sounds like i'd enjoy that so i might give that a whirl yeah 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 it was really really good and again it had one of those where some of the episodes were quite short so it doesn't it's not like necessarily like an hour an hour an hour okay so i've got a couple more but then we shall pass back to you okay i just realized that so far on the podcasts on the music and on the tv we have a zero crossover <laughs> yeah that's correct the tv surprised me actually um but there you go all right so i'll give you my uh my final three then that are on there i've got an animated and two two fantasy ones so the animated one was uh he-man returned this year he-man revelations i think it was called there was two new he-man shows i haven't watched the the, the other one but the the sort of the original he-man that returned was I, I loved it absolutely loved it it took a pounding on some quarters again i'm trying to be careful with spoilers because uh it took a pounding because of the direction it went in um, essentially it had a more female lead for a large part of the show. And But again, the, it's called He-Man, but it's the masters of the universe. Mm. It's not, it, it, that's the route they went down, more the masters of the universe route than the He-Man route. And I absolutely adored it. And it had the best trailer I have ever seen because it had... Um, I Need a Hero by uh, Bonnie Tyler. Um, I think that's right, isn't it, Bonnie Tyler? Mm. But it had that over the, the music for the original <laughs> trailer, which is just phenomenal. And it has that da dun 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 that initial beat. And it's just, just the, I could watch that trailer. And I have watched that trailer repeatedly, back <laughs> to back, over and over. It's better than the show. But <laughs> if you were a fan of He-Man in the day, back in the 80s, then you will love, you should Love this show. If you don't, it's probably because you're a bit of a misogynist, but whatever. Um, but it's a genuinely, I don't know, I find it a, a genuinely beautiful piece of children's TV that's just modernised, brought up to date, a different take on it, a different story, whilst keeping the essence of the show. And even if you didn't watch him on in the day, go back and watch it. It's great fun. Um, I haven't watched the sort of the, the, the I don't know if it's a spin-off series or just a, a standalone series come out of it as well. I haven't watched that, but uh, but yes, that He-Man was awesome. And the two fantasy shows, Wheel of Time came out on Amazon Prime, which was uh, Jeff Bezos, or whatever his name is, said, I want uh, the, the Game of Thrones for Amazon. So they decided to do Wheel of Time, which is a massive 18 or 19 book saga. Um, and I'm currently on about book nine on something like that. So I've not even got all the way through that. But that um, 
I'm still, I mean, I've finished the first season, but I'm still slight on this. I don't know how I feel about that. There are, there are things about the show that I really enjoy. I think you need to watch it without, if you're a fan of the Wheel of Time, I think you need to watch it without your Wheel of Time hat on because it does take a few liberties. It does go in a few different directions. There's a few bits that I were a bit like, I did this noise. It kind of made me cringe a little bit. and But I did like it, you know, sort of a solid 7 out of 10, and I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. I think it's got real potential. But again, I think it's taken a bit of a panning in some quarters, so I really do hope it comes back for season two because I did enjoy it. I think I'm looking at it, as I said, with my Wheel of Time hat on a little bit. But good show. And then the last one I'm going to mention... Not such a good show. Uh, it's only come out. There's only two episodes out at the minute as we record this, uh, and it's the uh, Book of Boba Fett, which come out on on Disney Plus. Um, which at the minute for me, it's not that good. Uh, I watched The Mandalorian season one and two, which I adored. It that to me is everything that Star Wars should be in a TV series was a Mandalorian, and this. It feels a bit like the Star Wars holiday special. It's <laughs> you've got Boba Fett in a onesie dancing around a campfire singing songs at one point, and it just doesn't sit right for me. I think that there's some, and I could be completely misreading this, but I think there's some really unpleasant racial undertones in the way that a certain uh, uh, the, the Tuscan tribe is treated and you know if, it's like I, I don't know maybe I'm reading too much and stuff but I felt that the way that was dismissed and the way they're treated and overpowered by the white man and the white man then leads them was, it was a little bit like eh, you didn't need to do that that's a little bit I, I wasn't overly keen on that I will continue watching it to see where it goes uh, hopefully it gets better because you know Boba Fett is a character steeped in law um but uh, I don't know. That's going to be an interesting one for me. Um, but yeah, that that was that was my. I, I don't can't recall seeing any other TV programs properly all the way through in twenty twenty one. So it's One Division, Loki, uh, Falcon, the Winter Soldier, Hawkeye, Boba Fett, He Man, The Wheel of Time, Dexter, and What If. Okay, so the only others um, that I didn't mention yet. What had I put to one side? So I'd got um oh yes, 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 yes. So Firefly Lane, which is which would probably be nothing like you would like, but that is about two people that have been friends since they were kids, and it's one of those where it kind of jumps from here they are now, that's when they're kids, here they are now, and it's like almost like there's two stories gonna be. I absolutely love it. It's got one of my heroes in it, Sarah Chalk, who was Elliot in Scrubs and also Becky in Roseanne. Um, so wanted to watch it because she was in it, but again, it's very, I don't know, days of our lives, I would say, but I still really enjoyed it. And then especially, I kind of really wanted to watch this for ages, but especially for this to make sure I had something current to talk about before I knew I had this list. Um, the Morning Show, which is my beloved Jennifer Aniston um, and Reese Witherspoon and Steve Carell. And I really wanted to watch it. It's supposed to be really good. She, I think she's won shitloads of awards for it. And quite rightly so. I'm nearly up to date on it. Um, and again, I don't think it came out last year, but certainly had new seasons, um, which I'm just about up to date on. So I would really recommend that. It is really good. 
Just before we wrap up TV then, uh, if, if people are fans of Jennifer Aniston and want to hear us talk more about Jennifer Aniston, where could they find us talking more about Jennifer Aniston? I think that would be over on our Patreon. Yes, indeed. Why? What are we doing over on Patreon that they could find more Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston about? Well, we decided that a massive thing about the 90s was the comedy show that was Friends. So we're just picking Friends apart um, a season at a time. Um, I'm particularly fond of Jen, um, so she gets quite a high billing for me. Um, or her character, Rachel. Ross, not so much. All right. So uh, overall, then, <laughs> <laughs> um, TV in 2021. Thoughts on TV in 2021? Would you have um, like a God status show, a show that you would recommend uh, above all of us that people go and watch? Oh, it's between two. So either the morning show um, or only murders in the building because it's perfection. I think mine would be, I would probably say Loki. Uh, I'd be tempted by WandaVision, but I think if you haven't got the background, you wouldn't get it. Whereas Loki probably could watch Cold, potentially, and and definitely the final episode of Hawkeye, above everything else. Just go and watch that. And watch the trailer for He-Man. <laughs> I'm so sorry. There's one I forgot. Okay. And it's really important to mention it because it was amazing. And that was It's a Sin, um, which was on Channel 4. And that's basically about the the AIDS epidemic and follows the story of four housemates. It's fucking immense. Everybody should watch it. And the kind of people that really need to watch it are the people that won't watch it. But definitely, I have to recommend that um, because it takes you through every emotion you could possibly know. And I feel shit that I didn't mention it. I knew there was one I'd, I'd missed. Yeah. And the interesting thing for me as well, when I look at this, or I look at my list in particular, WandaVision, Loki, Falcon, Hawkeye, um, and What If, all six episodes, six, seven episodes. Mm. He-Man, there was part one and part two that come out at different times, and I think there were six episodes each. Uh, The Wheel of Time, I think, had seven episodes, and Dexter, I think, is 10 or 12, I can't remember. So there are no big shows there. And I think that kind of shows what I've been able to fit in this year. Mm. I think that's probably quite reflective. Um, so I need to make a conscious effort to uh, to watch some longer shows this year, ones that aren't just six episodes long, I think. But I think that shows a little bit of where TV's going potentially, but also where my brain is. Yeah. I would, yeah I'd, well, it'll be interesting when we get into film. We'll see how like, that conversation pans out. Before we go to film, did you want to have a quick chat about books? We, we will speak about books. But before we go to books, we should uh, prompt people that if they are enjoying the Decapod podcast, welcome back, by the way. If you're enjoying the podcast, uh, what should they do? Subscribe. Subscribe so it drops into your feed every, almost every Tuesday. And that way you get the special bonus episode. So like when we did the the... The, the special Christmas Day episode. You will get that straight into your feed on Christmas Day. Yeah, so uh, the Christmas, the Spider-Man, and any other bonus shows that come out, we've had a couple of us as we've gone along, and I'm sure there'll be some more. And also you get the straight into your feed almost every Tuesday by clicking subscribe. But as as we ever so subtly mentioned before, we also now have Decapod 
Patreon, head over there where you can sign up and you'll get at least two bonus monthly shows. As Emma said, we are covering Friends season by season uh, and there'll be other shows in there as well. So from December, we had the show of Emma's Top 10 Meat Market, uh, which was a little bit spicy in more ways than one. And going forward, uh, we're going to have other different other different shows obviously and if you sign up you will also get your own shows you can get to come on and have your top 10 of anything dissected by us and i want to take a shout out to give a little mention to our latest patron which is amanda leek who signed up recently as well and that's a very interesting (laughs) expression so you can see that both of us are keeping on top of our patreon emails and indeed the website it's really heart- heartwarming when I do this show sometimes and I talk about stats and I talk about people signing up to Patreon and there's just a blank expression looking at me. I just expect you to text me. <laughs> Although, can we do I like now I kind of railroaded it a little bit. You think I don't listen to stuff and I do. And I listened to that Spider Man episode and I heard the little thing about, so guys. Tell me how I did. Tell me how I did on my own. I get what you're doing. I know what you're doing. Let's build up enough evidence, enough feedback, so I do one and then you bring in someone else. I get what you're doing. Or you just host this on your own. I'm on to you. Did, uh, did you like the Spider-Man theme tune I put in? <laughs> of all the podcasts I've done, all of them, that's the single greatest thing I've done. <laughs> all of them. And to get that, you have to listen to Patreon because uh, we released the Spider-Man special, which um, Emma wasn't so keen on. So I got the the wonderful John Opelman to join me. And we initially went spoiler-free, completely underestimated how hard that would be to do. Mm. Um, And that was, you know, about 20 minutes because I was thinking that I'd go for an hour. Turns out, no, you can't go spoiler-free on Spider-Man for an hour. So the the full episode went into Patreon with all the spoiler stuff. So £5 a month, you get umpteen goodness. Um, you do. I'm not mentioned enough in the, the episode I'm not in, I'm not. The episode you refused to be a part in that was about <laughs> Spider-Man, you I weren't you, mentioned enough. I wanted you to say you missed me. I, I, I haven't, actually this is the first time we've spoken this year. I haven't spoken before <laughs> Christmas. There's yeah. definitely been some missing going on on my end, hence the warm affectionate message around New Year. Yeah, whereas I reflected, my eczema cleared up. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I know. <laughs> Sharing the wins. Um, it's a good win to have, obviously. I was uh, relishing the prospect of another season of Decapod. Either way. Um, yeah, so make sure you A, subscribe so you can listen to us, and B, sign up to Patreon. And if you don't enter after a month, then, uh, well, you're welcome to leave. No. You won't, because you're Locked in. You get extra Terry over there now, which is great. Fun. Um, <laughs> Don't <right>. be terrified. <laughs> it's definitely not terrible. No, it isn't. Um, it's just, can I can I get my dinosaur joke in somehow? Because previously you spoke about a T Rex. You know oh. what's another type of dinosaur? A pterodactyl. Yeah. There you go. Uh, we'll leave that at that because we wanted to speak a little bit about books 
And earlier on today, you messaged me, because this is how far we're planning in advance, and said, I've wrote some books down. Should you write some books down? And I replied back, I haven't read any books in 2021. And I suddenly realized I've started about 15, but not finished any. To which you replied, audio books. And I thought, oh, yeah. I've read quite, I'll listen to quite a few audiobooks. I noted some down. So yeah, we can we can dive into books and we can dive into books. Cool. I'll just so I've only got a few. Um, so I'll just call out a few. Because there was just a couple and they had such a big impact just on me as a person and kind of like my way of thinking. So one was Midnight Library, and that's what links that song I'm Alive by 10cc. Um, Midnight Library, I think, is one of my all-time favorite books. Um, now I love Matt Haig I would sort of recommend him he's got just go back and look at his other stuff he did this amazing book that explains what it's like to have depression and as somebody that's never properly suffered from full-on depression that lasts over the length of time to make it chronic it made it so relatable but anyway Midnight Library is a a fiction piece um, about Nora um, I think I've spoken about this before, so I'm going into too much detail, but um, I listened to that when I was still running and I had to sort of stop running because I was so emotional from the book in a good way. Um, So there was that one. Another one that um, I listened to last year was The Decision by Kevin Hart, which is possibly one of the best self-help books I've ever listened to. And if anyone, if you like Kevin Hart, the comedian, definitely get this book because it's so good it is really good in the self-help thing but it also makes you laugh like the way it's just him talking and that's why I like that's like a little thing that's why I like audiobooks I like when the person that wrote it is the person that reads it that's when I love them the most because um because you kind of feel like they're talking to you and then another one of my heroes uh, Mel Robbins um book work it out so Mel Robbins doesn't make so she is also my inspiration she is the reason I ever wanted to become a coach um she does brilliant stuff and she brings out a lot of audio books where she actually um, records coaching sessions with people um and work it out was kind of like um on that line so they were my ones that had a real big profound effect on me and I'm leaving one because I know it's on your list okay um oddly I, I with audio books I can't I struggle to listen to fiction. There needs to be non-fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to read fiction, listen to non-fiction. Uh, I think similar to you, the uh, kind of, I don't know, the same sort of message of the books I've been listening. So I listen to How to Be Right and How Not to Be Wrong. Uh, so two different books by James O'Brien. Um, oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Well, you listen to those. Yes. Yeah. Um, I took quite a lot away from them, actually, especially the, the different messages within the books, one after the other. Um, but I think the overall message in the book is don't be a dick. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good way to live your life. So uh, also White Fragility by Robin DeLaglio and Natives, Race in the Class and the Ruins of an Empire by, by Akala, uh, both which are brilliant books talking about the race issues in particular. Uh, the Natives one about this country, about the UK, and that was a real, real eye-opener for me because it's something that I haven't personally paid enough attention to. Um, and again, trying to be a bit of a better ally around that. Uh, then it went on to uh, Women versus Hollywood by Helen O'Hara. Helen O'Hara is one of my, I'd say, favourite people. That makes it sound like I know her. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, I don't. I would love to know Helen O'Hara because I think she's phenomenal. But she's one of my favourite people from afar. 
Um, I think she may think I'm stalking her a little bit on Twitter. Uh, she once replied to one of my tweets with a winky face emoji of Dean Winchester, which may have been my highlight of 2021. May have been my highlight of 2021. Um, but it's an absolute brilliant book. I love that. It's, it's one of my favourite books of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last book I'll mention, which I think is the uh, the one you're referring to, is Men Who Hate Women by Laura Bates, yeah. who has released a few books like this. And it's essentially about um, men who hate women for all different kinds of reasons. And I'll just touch on this book a little bit before I throw back over to you, because if I'm correct, this is a book that starts off talking about incels, yeah. um, which completely fucking blew my mind. Because when they first started talking about it, I thought they were talking about some Middle Eastern terrorist group. And I'm thinking, what the fuck's this got to do with... And, I and then I've, then my brain went down the, well, this isn't real. This, mm-hmm. There's no such thing as incels. Of course there isn't. What's this? And then you go a bit deeper. It's like, oh, bloody hell, this is real, isn't it? And like for me, the, the, the male privilege standpoint, I don't see all this shit. And it's like, oh crap and then i take a step back and i look and it's like wow i do see all this shit i just don't notice it because i'm a straight white cis male i've fucking got it good so i don't notice all this shit and then you start noticing it and it had an absolute massive impact on me and i'm going to give one quick story um, there, were, there was someone that sent me a particular, I'm not going to describe it or mention it because they may well listen, uh, someone that sent me a particular uh, message that I did not agree with. Um, and it was like a private joke. And I told them, I'm like, that's not appropriate. Uh, a, don't do it, and B, in particular, don't do it to me. And the reason I was able to do that was because I've read slash listened to this book because from my perspective, a lot of this stuff was innocuous mm-hmm. and it's like, it's not, I, 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 you know, I just wasn't necessarily the perpetrator of stuff, but I would let it slide. You know, I'd be around groups of blokes that would act a certain way. And I'd be like, well, that's just what blokes do. Even if I'm not doing it, it's like, I would let it slide. And I think that now I would like to think I'm the person that would, and did say, nah, no, there's, there's time and there is time and a place for jokes. I don't ever want to say that comedy is outlawed or anything like that. Um, but I think that, yeah, I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole on this. But, but yes, that was, I would recommend to anyone who has any interest in, in any form of social justice and any form of just doing better by people that maybe, just maybe, have it a little bit harder than you. Um, and, and go through slightly different struggles on you to 100% listen to men who hate women. She's got a few other books out as well that are equally as good. I think there's one called uh, The Guilty Feminist. I might be getting that mixed up with someone else, but that's good. I'm listening to that now. Uh, but Laura Bates, phenomenal uh, and, and, and an awesome book. And I will uh, throw over to you now. Yeah, Guilty Feminist is um, Deborah Francis White. Um, and she does have a podcast, which is brilliant um, because it mixes comedy into that as well. Because everybody thinks feminism is this angry and yeah there is some there is some anger there but it's not all about just um yeah so men who hate women um i think i just think it's another one everybody should listen to it but the people who need to listen to it the most or read it won't that's the bit where you kind of want to sort of hit your head against the wall a little bit but yeah um really important but i found it extremely depressing (laughs) because it's slightly different because i wouldn't say i've experienced anything 
particularly overtly bad in that sense but it's that deep down feeling we like they're out there and it's just that kind of oh yeah there they are I think the other book that um I haven't read it yet so I put a line through it but it's everyday sexism so that's the next one that I want to go into um with hers just to interrupt that's the one I was that's one I was thinking of I have read that and that's that's what introduced me to the the sort of the feminism and the fact that some of this stuff goes on and then like you said the the men who hate women kind of goes oh yeah by the way that sort of stuff over there there's all this fucking stuff as well oh yes uh there is a just sort of like linking it in it was just one of the reasons why i wanted to sort of call out books because i did have this moment sort of midpoint through last year where i was like oh enough enough i'm i i sort of similar to you that's that kind of thing of I laugh stuff off. I don't call stuff out. I don't say, actually, I don't feel comfortable with that because you don't want to be like a killjoy and stuff like that. And I just thought, no, enough is enough. And now just buy feminist clothing and re, but also like reinstated my membership at the Women's Equality Party and things like that. So it's it's just that kind of awakening for me in particular. And I think quite a lot of other people. Yeah, books, they're good. We definitely have the moments, and one of my goals is to actually read books again this mm. year. I hadn't realised I hadn't finished a book. I may have finished one and forgotten, but I cannot remember finishing a book last year, and I started so many. And my goal this year is to finish every book that I started, and I'm currently looking at about seven on the shelf behind this. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's it. But um, audio books, I do like them very much so, but I need to read fiction. And also sometimes when I'm listening to audio books, obviously the brain goes elsewhere. Um, so I don't know, maybe there's a couple of audio books on the list I need to order as a book and read as well. Mm-hmm. Bro, that was deep, wasn't it? That's what she said. <laughs> Welcome to Decapod. Oh, God. I can't believe we just did a massive rant about feminism. <laughs> I mean, like we said, there's always room for comedy. You know, if you can't make jokes about stuff, <laughs> then, then you know, what what's the world comes to? But there is a balance and there's all this stuff about, you know, woke culture, cancel culture, and, oh, you can't be an edgy comedian. Fuck off. If you've got to say stuff that's offensive to be funny, then, then you know, that's not comedy. And it's like one of my favourite comedians is, and this, you know, it's Ricky Gervais, but I genuinely think he's funny. I think the way he puts stuff across is funny. He's not good. It does insult people, but he insults himself as well. And I think that when he's just insulting every fucker, it's fine. It's when you single out one person or one uh, category, especially if it's the like a marginalised group, and you just pick on that, that's different. Support those groups. Support those people. Black Lives Matter. You know, support those groups. You don't need to support all lives matter. You support black lives matter. You know, and it's the same with, with comedy. You don't pick on uh, the, the marginalised groups. You support them. You pick on every fucker. That doesn't mean you can't joke about everyone. It means you I can't joke about a single person. It means that, yes, you can, but then you joke about this person as well. You know, I, I watched a recent Jimmy Carr uh, sitcom, and he does quite a bit of jibing at vegans there. But it's funny. He's just funny. He's taking the piss out of vegans, and I'm a vegan, and he's funny. 
you know. And I think that obviously it's not the same thing, but it's the same principle. And as long as it's funny, you can still be an edgy comedian. You don't have to be a dick. That's the difference. There we go. Rant over. I can't, that's what she said doesn't work with that. Uh, right, film. If you like me to say a different <laughs> phrase, just so no. you can. Okay. Do you want to touch on anything else before we go to films? That's what she said. No. <laughs> uh, welcome to Decapod. <laughs> no, I want to go to films, please. Okay. Right. Uh, before we even dive into films, I am going to mention one first film to begin with uh, because it is very, very relevant to what we we're just talking about. Because it's a film that came out in the UK at the very start of 2021, um, but had been out for like quite a while over in the States. It's a promising young one. Yeah, it's on my list. Yep. And we'll dive into films proper in a minute, but it feels right just to give that a bit of a speech to begin with because how fucking good is promising young woman? Yeah, really, really good. Yeah. Um, I guess do we keep being spoiler free? I guess pretty much, yeah, as as much as we can. Um, but I think that that was probably one of my, I don't know, earliest entries into insert sort of feminism into the struggles that women go through. That film, and I, I know it's got a lot of hate in some quarters by feminists and by incels, um, but it's. I don't know, for me, it strikes a beautiful chord because it can't, no film can be everything. A film has to do something. And I think that the message this film puts across is is, is in, in a perverse way, almost a beautiful message. And I think that it it scares me. Again, it opens my eyes up to the, some of the things that I ignored and it opens my eyes up to some of the things that I just didn't see because I, I'm a bloke and I don't see stuff. And I... I think it's just an absolute incredible piece of filmmaking and ridiculously scary. And I'm not going to do the whole horror thing, but it wouldn't surprise me if it fell into that category. You know, you there's, there's bits of everything in this film. And I find this film incredibly harrowing and haunting, but also, I don't know, there's a sense of almost like a rewardingness to watching the film. I do know it lingered with me for days and days and days afterwards. And the film's not done that for a long time. I just constantly was like, uh, and, I, and yeah, it's, it's a real, it really, really makes you think both in terms of the plot, but also like you say, the messaging that sat behind it so deep. It's like, it it's such a good film. She's brilliant in it. Is it Carrie Mulligan? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, it's interesting because I kind of almost see it from the, the blokes' perspective that are in there. And while I've never been in that situation of those blokes, I know, not necessarily know people that have, but I know people that have been in similar situations or know people that know people, you know, a bit like that. And it's, oh, it's at times it's uncomfortable viewing. But again, I just want to go back to what I was saying about those books. It's the sort of film that, that you should watch. Um, maybe not necessarily everyone, but I think a large proportion of, of the population should watch it and watch it with a notepad and pen and take notes of how not to be a fucking dick or a rapist or a misogynist or any of those things. Yes. Right. Okay, so films from 2021. Before we dig into films, I am going to say, make sure you are following me on Letterboxd. And notice how I emphasise me. 
Um, because right back at the start, I did suggest that Emma sign up to it, but as yet. Now, the reason I'm saying this is because I have kind of turned that account to a Decapod account. Now, obviously, uh, on uh, Letterbox, you score or you can score the films you watch. So any scores on there are my own. They're not reflective of Decapod. However, what I have done is I've created lists over there. So you will have the lists of all the films from the 90s we've covered. Um, so you can go back and watch those. I'm setting you all a challenge now. If you sign up to Letterbox, go over to some lists from Decapod and start working your way through some of the films and let us know what you think of those films and lists as well. I'll put the link for that in the show notes, but you can find me over there. Um, just search for Decapod or Terry Cook. The chances are, if they go off and they like watch the films, they'll have seen more of the films than I have. <laughs> yes, that's a good point. Um, I think I'm down there as Decapod Sidekick. For, um, it's everywhere now, Sidekick. Uh, all right, so what I'm going to do is I am going to run through all the films that I saw from 2021 um, in the order I saw them. Uh, and then I will go back through some of the key ones. So I watched Wrong Turn, which was the remake of the uh, the old 90s, is it 90s, 2000s films. Uh, I saw Godzilla vs. King Kong, which was the first film I saw back at the cinema this year. Well, I watched it on demand first on Sky, then I watched it in cinema. Uh, Black Widow, Jacob's Wife, Jacob's Wife, which is a vampire film, which I don't usually like. Uh, Jacob's Sup- Wife. Jacob's Wife. <laughs> That's what she said. Uh, Superhost, Spiral from the Book of Saw, The Suicide Squad, Oxygen, Till Death, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Mortal Kombat, Ghostbusters Afterlife, Nobody, Gunpowder Milkshake, Spider-Man No Way Home, Army of the Dead, Willy's Wonderland, that's what she said, The Woman in the Window, The Green Knight, Chaos Walking, Sensor, No Time to Die, Tick Tick Boom, Spider-Man No Way Home again, and uh, The Matrix Revolutions, or Resurrections, sorry. That's my list of films from 2021. Do you want me to go through and run through a select few of those? Yeah. Okay. Um, Before you do, just say none of them are the ones I've seen, and I haven't seen that many films, but none of mine are on there. So, so far, I've all as lists, there's been one book that we've shared. (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right, so I'm going to start off by mentioning Godzilla vs. Kong. This film got a panning. I gave it four stars. Maybe a little bit guilty because it was the first film I saw back at the cinema, so I was a little bit excited by it. But, you know, you're watching Godzilla have a fight with King Kong. Now, the film's absolutely bonkers. At one point, Godzilla goes into the centre of the Earth, and this isn't really a spoiler, but I suppose it, whatever. Godzilla goes in the centre of the Earth, and King Kong, not, not King Kong, sorry, Kong goes into the centre of the Earth, and Godzilla... You know how he blows fire through his mouth? Mm. He blows fire through the earth and then waves at King Kong in the centre of it. That's how crazy the film is. I really enjoyed it because it was good. It's a creature feature, just two massive behemoths, much like Decapod, slugging it out to see um, see who the greatest is, Godzilla versus Kong. And you haven't seen that? No. So That's my idea a... of absolute hell. So, yes, you will have a strong opinion on it, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> I also watched Black Widow, which I give a 9 out of 10. And again, um, you know, when I compare this to the scores on IMDb or whatever, uh, I tend to have given this a higher score than most. But I think a lot of people took into account that, God, I'm not going to spoil Avengers Endgame, but whatever, yes, I'll come away from that. Um, But yes, so uh, Black Widow, I really enjoyed it. And introduced Florence Pugh, 
who is just, oh, wow, one of the best actors currently going. Uh, amazing. Um, but there's also a brilliant scene in there uh, where Black Widow and her sister and her dad, and her dad makes a joke about um, uh, one of them being, you know, is it the time of the month sort of joke. And they go into great detail talking about, no, because we've had our wounds removed because of the secret Russian spies that they make them do it. And they went to detail about how it was done. And I just thought that's actually really good because most films would just gloss over that and they've actually done it. And the, the dad's like, oh, no, don't tell me, don't tell me. And it's like, it's played really well, not in like, it's it's clearly a comedy moment, but it's not played in the way it would normally be played. It's played as in, no, you're going to listen to this dickhead. And I like that. Um, Jacob's wife, so I'm coming on to a couple of horrors now. Jacob's wife uh, is uh, a, a vampire film, and it has one of my all-time favourite people in it, not Helen O'Hara, but Barbara Crampton, who is a proper scream queen, one of the most original scream queens, and she is just amazing in this. And even, I mean, she's probably in her 50s now, I'm guessing, um, and she still gets her kit off in it which is even better. But it's a it, I I don't normally like vampire films as we've discussed, but this one is campy, it is cheesy, but it's so much fun and it's not a traditional vampire film and I adore this film. I give this film 8 out of 10. Brilliant. Uh Barbara Crampton was also in the next one I'm going to mention which was Superhost. Uh I'm not going to go into any spoilers on this one because I think this um film goes in a completely different direction to what anyone would even think it was right when it starts. Uh, I was completely taken aback by what this film was, so I'll go into no spoilers other than to say Barbara Crampton crops up again, and she's awesome, and it's one of the best horror films I have seen for quite a while, one of the best new horror films. On the complete opposite end of that, Spiral from the Book of Saw was utter shit. Um, I think you had Saw in one of your top ten horror films when we did the horror Halloween, yep. Only no. the first one. Yeah. Spiral from the Book of Saw is probably the worst Saw film out of them all, and there were some dodgy ones in there. It's basically a load of grumpy old men having an argument. <laughs> That's it. Uh, I'm going to jump on to Till Death, which had uh, Megan Fox in it, who isn't the greatest actor in the world, but I really, really enjoyed this film. Basically, she wakes up handcuffed to her dead husband who's killed himself and then arranges this elaborate plot to catch her out with stuff. And, um, yeah, it's a very much a fun film. You don't necessarily see where it's going and you get to have a laugh with it, which is great. Uh, I'm going to mention Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, um, which I spoke briefly with John O'Poon about on the Spider-Man special. I love this film. Nine out of ten film. Really enjoyed it. Um, I love the fact that they're going into more of the Asian culture in the Marvel stuff and not just with white men called Chris, which is a standing joke within it. Uh, and there's a brilliant scene on this where they have a fight on a bus and it's just an awesome scene. A little bit silly towards the end. It goes a little bit over the top, but it is a Marvel film, so you can't really complain about that. Speaking of over the top, Mortal Kombat, utter shit again. Tripe. Good start to the film, good first 10 minutes, and then it just goes completely pants. Oh, dear me, I said I was going to do a fuck up, please. I'm going for a most of them. Ghostbusters Afterlife was a 10 out of 10 film for me. Um, there's definitely an element of nostalgia in it as to why I gave it that 10. If it was a standalone film, 
maybe not the 10, so I'm swayed by the nostalgia of it. But I think this, we, we spoke a little bit previously, briefly, I think, about the, um, the, 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 uh, the all-female cast version of the Ghostbusters film. For me, this is how you make a, a female-led Ghostbusters film. They've done it without, they've done it properly, like just gone, this is a proper film led by a female rather than, oh, this is a film led by four girls. What just say that boys are crap? No, 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 no. Right, they've not done that. They've gone down the proper one. It's a genuine, awesome film. Heavy on nostalgia. Absolutely adored it. Looking forward to the next one. Nobody was the most surprising film of the year for me. I did not expect it coming. I only watched it. I genuinely only watched it because it cropped up on my spoiler special feed of the Empire podcast. And if you don't subscribe to uh, Decapod, um, go subscribe to the Empire podcast spoiler special instead because that's almost as good as we are um and they're the spoiler special in there and i thought one listen to that so therefore i'm going to go watch a film and i wind up giving it eight out of ten because it was an awesome from another awesome bus fight it's uh very similar <laughs> in ways to john wick but a different film but a similar premise and you just don't see it going the way it's how, going how funny it's got a bus fight but it's more similar to john wick than it is speed <laughs> yeah well there you go um Deep breath. Okay, then we come on to Gunpowder Milkshake, which was uh, almost like a, a, not mafia, a hitman type of film, uh, but with female leads. And uh, again, that's how you do a female-led film and go, these are really fucking good films, without saying these are really fucking good films because they're led by women. They're really fucking good films that happen to have women leading them. And really, really awesome film. I really enjoyed it. Eight out of ten. Um, sim- not similar, but had a vibe of Black Widow to it for me, and I really enjoyed that. And I'm going to come on back to that film in a second. Uh, okay, other films I'm going to mention. The Green Knight. Um, was a very, very surreal film. It's based on a poem from sort of King Arthur's time. And it's another one of those films that I've watched that I still haven't really got a clue what happened. Um, very surreal, but brilliant. Dev Patel is absolutely superb in it as the lead. He's kind of really the only person that's in it throughout the whole film. Uh, I, I loved him. And uh, yeah, uh, for my money, the next James Bond, Dev Patel. Um Ooh. I would settle for Deb Patel. I would settle for Idris Elba or uh, Henry Cavill. Either of those three I would be happy with, but Deb Patel would be my first choice. I want Idris. What, for Bond, or you just want him? <laughs> Both. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm also, last couple of films I'm going to mention them. Um, Censor was a horror film, and it's uh, basically set in sort of the, the Thatcher time, so that's that 70s, 80s era. Uh, it's about someone that's censoring films who then goes on this mad and crazy mental breakdown um, about the some of the films she's seen because she's watching all these video nasties that are about at that time oh. and having to censor them, and, and that was a really... Is it, is it based on a true story? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Uh. Um but yeah, I mean, there's elements of truth in there in that, you know, there was there's clips of, uh, there were some films that are released and the public were kicking off that they'd released them because they were that graphic and that violent. So there's, there's elements of truth in there, but I don't think the, the actual story is true because it gets a bit fantastical. Right, okay. Yeah. It does sound cool, though. It is an interesting film. It's another one. I, I do struggle with films sometimes when they go off and look like... Um, 
uh, sort of fantastical vibes, which is very much what the Green Knight is. I really enjoyed the film, but it's a bit like I think I'm a bit lost here. Mm-hmm. You know, I need some. I need to go rewind a bit and, and watch it again. Um, I'm going to mention No Time to Die. Uh, that that the last Bond film with Daniel Craig. Again, I'm going completely spoiler free on this one, so I'm being really careful. It seems to have been one that people either loved or hated. I'm kind of in the middle. Um, I, I liked it. I thought it was a slightly different take on Bond without coming too far away from Bond. But there were some parts, there were some characters in there. And one in particular I absolutely adored, but she's barely in it. And it's like, you could have made that film about her. She's so good. But anyway, um, so yeah, definitely a good film. Definitely worth a watch. But I think most people seem to be divided and I'm in the middle. Uh, Matrix Resurrections, I actually saw in 2022, but it was mm-hmm. a 2021 film, so I'm counting it. Um, I mean, I was hampered slightly because I did fall asleep, but that's never a good sign. <laughs> um, and I was in the cinema by myself, like literally by myself. I was the only one there. So I don't know how much I missed. Um, but uh, I did enjoy the second half of the film. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, it, was, it was a fun film. I gave it a six out of 10, but I may have to reassess that when I watch it again. <laughs> oh, I love so much about that story. I love the fact because I was talking the other day about the joy of going to the cinema on your own and like I've got a friend who's just like well, I can't do it I just think it's on I'm like oh, that's one of my most favorite things in the world to go and watch a film on my own I don't have to worry if the other person likes the film if they even wanted to be there with the film I can just get my own food and actually the description of and then having a cinema to yourself <laughs> it just described the perfect day I tend to go in like 11 o'clock showing mm. and like in the morning, 11 o'clock showing. So no one else is ever there. And I often get to see new films by myself or newish films by myself. And I'm with you. It's For me, it's almost a mindfulness thing because mm. I can't have my phone out. I can't talk to people. I have to watch the film or fall asleep, essentially. <laughs> but it just makes you just focus on what's going on. And, yeah, I, I like going to listen with people. But I do think I prefer it by myself. Uh, so it's a little tree tile on myself. Uh, so last couple of films I'm going to mention before I get on to the, the biggie, if you like. Um, I am going to mention <laughs> Willy's Wonderland. Um <laughs> Which is Nicolas Cage. Oh, God, of course it is. That is absolutely most bonkers. Uh, He basically has to spend the night in this old sort of amusement arcade with toys that come to life and Uh, try and kill him. So is it based on, is it related to the game One Night at Freddy's? I mean, I I don't think it is. It might be based on it. Now you've said that, there's probably some... um, some bits taken from that, potentially. Uh, I don't know if it's based on it, but yes, there's definitely a, a, a similarity there now you've mentioned it. Um, but what's amusing is I don't think he says a word for the entire film. There's, <laughs> there's other actors in it who speak, but he literally doesn't speak for the entire film. I cannot... I, I, I didn't go back and re-watch it, but I got about half and I thought, he's not said anything yet. People asking questions, he's just grunting or walking away. What? So that's like, just didn't say a word, which is quite interesting. Uh, then we come to my two favourite films of the year, which is odd because uh, one of them has nine out of ten, but I still kind of class it as actually two different films. So we've got Tick, Tick, Boom and Spider-Man No Way Home. Now, 
Tick, Tick, Boom was a massive sleeper surprise hit for me. I'd never heard of it until I was listening to a podcast about something and they were talking about Andrew Garfield and they uh, said, oh, I loved him in this film. And I thought, never heard of that. Going to go watch it. And it was on Netflix and I mentioned the soundtrack before. And the film is absolutely lovely. And I've forgotten the guy's names, but it's based on the the guy who wrote the, the, the stage play Rent. Okay. Um, it's based on his life and it's just a performance of him when he was writing the play before Rent and it's how he created that and like how he was living at the time and what he was doing and, and some, you know, his friends and what they were doing and the, 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 the life he was in. And it's absolutely beautiful. And I would, if I was to pick a film from, from 2021 and pick anything from 2021 and recommend people to see it, it would be Tick, Tick, Boom. It's just the most amazing thing. Um, the the soundtrack, as I mentioned, is phenomenal. The film itself, I'm trying to be spoiler free, but Andrew Garfield was absolutely phenomenal in it. The, the whole cast was, to be fair, but I loved his the way he's acting. I loved the way he um, the way he performed, the way he sung, and yeah, uh, that just just that. Um, go and watch it. If you only take one thing away from me from this episode, go and watch Tick Tick Boom. Uh, just marvellously underrated film then we come on to Spider-Way No Way Home which I cannot talk about in the slightest uh, there is a uh, as we mentioned there is a, uh, a review of it with John O'Poom a spoiler free version or you can go and sign up to Patreon where you get the full version but what I will say about this film is it's the greatest cinema experience I have ever had I describe this film as being better than boobs it is the greatest thing my eyes have ever seen. Um, and I still stand by that. I don't, I still don't know where it ranks in my top films of all time. I won't, I don't know if I'll class it my favorite film of all time. I think sometimes you have to let things stew a little bit before you can make any part of this. I mean, you say my top tens anyway, they're changing on a daily basis, but it, it is hands down the greatest cinema experience. I've never heard as many people cheer, as many people cry, as many people gasp in the cinema. And that wasn't just me doing it. It was the whole cinema. Uh, and I went back and saw it again after I've come out of my isolation. And in the second time I've seen it, it was just me and like two other people in the cinema. And it still got the same reaction, even though there was barely anyone in there still elicited that same reaction. Absolutely wonderful story. Absolutely wonderful cast. Chock-a-block full of, uh, of, of pleasant and somewhat unpleasant surprises. And Tom Holland is an absolute diamond. And there's another film he was in this year, uh, Chaos Walking, I think it's called. I might have that wrong. Um, that he starred in with uh, Daisy Ridley, uh, which, again, is just uh, becoming this terrific, not becoming, he is a terrific actor, and he plays his socks off in this um yeah so that my, my recommendation would be tick tick boom but the greatest cinema experience and possibly my favorite film of all time would be uh spider-man no way home wow it's gonna feel really anticlimactic with my list <laughs> it's got one <laughs> he's gonna say a one film four <laughs> all right fair enough oh <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I've talked like a few times. I you were saying about that with TV shows and that six episode thing and that kind of where your head is at. I've really struggled to watch films at the minute. Don't know 
what it is. I'm slightly getting back into it a little bit. So I wasn't expecting there to be much on my list from films. And I haven't returned to the cinema yet um, since pre-COVID. So I haven't, I haven't been seeing anything there either. Really want to see West Side Story. So I might need to make an effort to try and go and see that. Um, so what I had, so I'd, I'd put um, the the one we already discussed down. Uh, but I'd put um, Bo Burnham and his special Inside, which actually we talk about sort of like, I wouldn't say it's like my all-time favourite film, but it's, I would say it transcends film and it's actual art. It is an actual piece of art. It is one of the most genius things I've ever seen. And it's funny, but it kind of encapsulates the, when we were going through lockdown, that and that kind of sort of dicing with sanity going through lockdown and the fact that he does it on his own and how much of it is real, how much is it scripted. So yeah, Inside by Bo Burnham. I think um, before I even say me the ones, that would be the thing that I would say, if you haven't seen it, go and see it because it's brilliant. I think it's on Netflix. Um, so then I'd also, this film didn't come out in 2021. I double checked it, but I watched it in 2021, but I wanted to give it a little shout out. And that was The Trial of the Chicago 7. So this is one based on a true story. It's got Sasha Baron Cohen in, um, and it has got elements of humour in it, but then it's also got really important sort of message. And again, it's quite a big, high-profile trial. So I thought that one was really good as well. Then um, I also watched, so Matt Haig wrote a story called Boy Called Christmas, and that became a film, and that was on Netflix. And I thought, oh, I'll pop that on. And um, I went home, home, home for Christmas. So I went to my mum and dad's and they took my little boy out for the dinner. I thought oh I'll stick that boy called Christmas on and I'll get because like when because I don't go to my mum and dad's that often I get to go back and like they get all the food in that I love so I'll get myself a lovely plate of food I'll put that full one and stuff like that so anyway they came back at the exact moment that I was bawling my eyes out because they're it's like um it's emotionally charged is how I'm going to describe the film but it is beautiful and that's got an amazing cast in it as well that's um um I always do this I always kind of get it's got an amazing cast I can't remember the names of anybody but again um this is gonna look really bad because all my films were also on Netflix <laughs> like that's how far I pushed the boat out for that um yeah so that one was really good and again just one of those emerging Christmas films I think that more and more people will see but it's not one to watch if you're feeling a little bit fragile and um, which I probably was on that day then I made the effort to watch Don't Look Up which is the new-ish film um it's Leo DiCaprio Joan, Jonah Hill and everything I liked it um but I identify a little bit um as an empath and what we tend to do as empaths, not so much from the side of like putting myself in someone else's situation, but I don't think it's a spoiler to say the film is all about a meteor coming to, and it's a, I think they call it a planet destroyer meteor. And that's what the premise of the film is. My problem that I have with that is where my brain goes to is I go, Oh, what would I do? What would I do if that was happening? And then all I had was this image of me and my little boy and trying to make sure, and and that really upset me. <laughs> so it's like, 
it is a good film and I get what it's trying to do. But for me, I do struggle with films like that anyway because I go off. I've probably got some kind of thing with my head that's just not been diagnosed uh, because stuff like that does affect me greatly. Um, but the the film that I watched as well, which is absolutely amazing, is called The Unforgivable and it's Sandra Bullock. And fucking hell, is it a good film? And someone mentioned it to me on a whim. They kind of went, oh, if you're going to watch films, you should watch this one with Sandra Bullock. And it's supposed to be really good. Um, yeah, it's supposed to be really, like, really gripping. And it really is. And I really can't say too much about it because, again, I don't want I don't want to ruin for it anybody. But she's absolutely brilliant in it. It's almost like Sandra Bullock did that film about American football, which is also really good. I think that got the Oscar. And it's almost like a light switch went off in her head. And it's just like Sandra Bullock is just one of the greatest actors of all time. Because I don't think there's anything she can't do. And watching that film only emphasises that more. Um, yeah, so that that was my nice short rendition of the films I watched. Well, if you like, look up. I know that's a bit more comedy based, but go and check out Greenland. That uh, you know, you were talking about um, what you would do with your kid. That's essentially what um, Greenland is. It's, it's what you would do with your kid if there was a meteor coming. Um, so yeah, go but check. it would upset me. I don't want to spoil it, but you know, there may be a happy ending. Okay. Um, that's what she said. Um, <laughs> Oh dear, oh, it's been a long day. Um, okay, cool. So that's that's pretty much everything. Is there anything else that you would like to to discuss before we wrap up twenty twenty one? No, I don't think so. Um, more to talk about than I thought there was going to be. Um, and yeah, it's just it's, it's good to be back. There's there's one big thing we haven't mentioned pop culture wise. It's Britney, bitch. Ah, yes! Out of the thingy. Yes. Good for her. Yeah, what was it called? The conservatorship? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. that's why I said out of the thingy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as soon as you said that, I'm trying to work out what it was called. Um, But yes, dad was a boss and now he's not, dickhead. Um, So yeah, that's good that Britney's free to do what she wants again, which is nice. Uh, People of the year. Who we are, who we are stand out. Not necessarily have to be from an actual, but who who stands out? And look, you don't have to say me. It's fine, right? You know, don't embarrass me. Nah. Who else would be in your list of people of the year? So I think like, when we talked about this, we said icons. Well, I would say my the icon of last year for me is Marcus Rashford, um, because I I despise football that like, I really do, and footballers along with it. But I have never seen somebody use their status in such an effective way and get things done for the good of others with no kind of, no selfish intent, not to sort of look good, to just because they're like, that is wrong and I want to do something to make it right and I can do something to make changes and also making politicians look like stupid twats because they constantly go, there's something that being done, there's something that being done and he just goes, yeah, there is, let's do it and get it done. So for me, my ultimate icon of the year um, it would, it would be him. Okay. Um, 
I mean, I've got a few people I want to mention, but on on that, I'm not. I'd say similar note, it's not. But Rosie Holt off Twitter, um, mm-hmm. who does a woman who has kept me entertained for, for two years now. She's brilliant, and I just love how um, she rips the piss out of people, and so many people don't even realise it, which I think is brilliant. Uh, so she will get a shout. Marcus Rashford, who you said, who is just a, a fine example um, of how by a footballer doing good will get Tory MPs to say that you should just concentrate on playing football. And I think that that probably sums up the best. Um, but a few uh, sort of um, celebrity, I don't know if that's the right word, but more of the sort of famous people I mentioned. I mentioned her before. Helen Hara is one of the greatest human beings alive. Uh, I listened to her on the Empire podcast, I listened to her on the Empire spoiler special, I listened to her on her own podcast. It was uh, Women versus Hollywood podcast, and she does a Christmas uh, series one. And she's just an absolutely tremendous human being that has this, uh, she's almost like a moral compass for me. I know that when I go and listen to what she's saying, that she will not only deliver a, a brilliant film review, both with uh, wit, humour, and intelligence, which obviously is massively lacking in this show, <laughs> but mm-hmm. she will deliver that and tell me something that I should be doing with my life in, in like a positive way. And I think it's amazing. And I highly recommend you do go check out the book on versus Hollywood. Uh, I also would mention James O'Brien, who a lot of people don't have time for, but his epic monologues, not just over the last year, but to be fair, over the last two since lockdown, have kept me going at times. He has been another moral compass of mine, uh, just in terms of when I am struggling and I look at the world and I think, actually, it's a pretty shitty place. I can kind of go to him and he'll be like, yeah, it is shitty, but look at these good people over here. We'll, we'll diss these knobheads. But we'll also look at these good people, and I think I like that. And then the two last people I want to mention, uh, Florence Pugh, who I mentioned before, who is fast becoming my favourite actor on a par with Andrew Garfield, uh, who uh, we can't talk about too much for potentially obvious reasons, but fucking genius, a pair of them. Uh, And yeah, Britney's free. Um, But I just think on that, um, we've joked before about doing a podcast called Who's the Dick? Um, so Emma, who was the dick of 2021? Um, I don't know, you're gonna have to go first. Boris Johnson. Oh, yeah, yeah. Are we in yeah. agreement? Yeah, I think so. We're not gonna find a bigger dick than that. The first time we have ever been in immediate agreement on something is who is the biggest dick of 2021, and it's Boris Johnson. Yeah. Cool. So the last question I want to ask you then, um, is there anything you're looking forward to for 2022 in particular, pop culture-wise, I suppose? I was going to say season two of Decapod, obviously. Well, yes. we got to finish season one first. <laughs> we, we've had moments. Is that not what, we're not, is this not season two? <laughs> no. Oh, for fuck's sake. Like glass. I thought we had the break. I thought, I thought... <laughs> we were on a break. That's fucking Friends series that we're doing. Oh, well, that's what the break was. And then when you come back, it's the next season. Right, okay. <laughs> it's a mid, mid-season break for Christmas. Oh. Um, because, you know, we had gifts to exchange and stuff. Um, but... Uh, yes, the 1990s <laughs> is season one of Decapod. I wrote all of it. 
what are you looking forward to in 2022? Finding a new co-host. <laughs> um, I don't know anymore. <laughs> it must be something. Um, Scream for. Uh, I am that's out in a few weeks. I'm massively looking forward to Scream 4. Big Scream fan, not Scream 4, Scream 5. It'll be. Um, I uh, loved the first one, really, really enjoyed the second one. Didn't like the third one. Fourth one was really good. Excited to see what this one does. I am really, really, really fucking scared that they're going to make Sydney Prescott the killer. Oh, I don't think they will. I hope they don't, but I just have this little feeling thinking, oh, we're going to be clever. You know, we're going to be clever and do this. Where's Craven? Can't be able to do it anymore. You know, because he's dead. So he can't want to do it. So it'll be like, we'll be clever and do it. It will fucking ruin it if they do that. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to that. All the Marvel stuff that's coming out. We've got the um, Doctor Strange, the, the multiverse of mad, uh, mad, madness, madness. <laughs> yes, yes, ma'am. Uh, that's coming out. Uh, I'm looking forward to catch the end of Dexter and the end of Boba Fett. Um, there's other stuff, but I'm not going to lie. My brain's a bit frazzled, so we'll have to make do with that. Okay. I've got nothing in my head that um, I could think of, apart from season two of Only Murders in the Building. But also, I need to just let you know that it took me about 15 minutes into the episode before I realised you're not sat where you're normally sat. I mean, just for anyone listening, we were fucking talking for an hour before we started. So that's not 15 minutes. It's an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, special shout out to, uh, to a friend of the show, Chris Benston, because he had one Christmas wish. He did. He joined me on my other podcast um, to, uh, to review the driving instructor's things of the year. And I asked him what his goals are for 2022. And he said he wants to see me have a different background. So I created a different background, especially for him. Um, so there you go. You get to see all my, my lovely pop figures. And then I gave you a reason to mention it. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, that, that's 2021. Next week, you get to join us for fucking season two, apparently, as we continue. No, because that will be season one. As, as we restart our review of the 1990s uh so do you want to take a moment to wrap up 2021 do i have to <laughs> uh, i'll hold up my notes <laughs> just tell people where they can find us and then we'll go <laughs> Um, so you can find us everywhere you can get um, podcasts from basically so if you haven't already you hit subscribe and we will be back I will be more prepared and you never know I might put a little bonus wrap up episode in there and we're on Patreon come and pay come and pay for this professionalism and come and be on a show with us sometime that was that was 2021 strap him Say something funny quickly. Glibble.